You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hello there, friend. It is Angie Austin with The Good News. You've got The Good News team here. Tracy Rock, producer and one of the hosts, and she's also a radio host. Ma- Rachel Maines, uh, she uh, uh, does branding, builds websites, and has her own radio show. Rachel is one of the hosts as well. And to a couple of The Good News gals here, we uh, get them as often as we can. Michelle Ron and also Terry Fisher joining us. We've got quite a crowd today. Thanks, good guys. Good. Thanks, right. gals. Great to be here. Great to be here as well. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about school which is your area of expertise there Michelle and uh, I know you were a teacher for many years so I've got a good news story which might not seem like good news some of these start off as bad news and then you know kind of twist into good news okay um, and then also um, bring up a topic that I've been discussing with some of my friends lately because the kids have so many distractions in life and in school and one of my friend my children who has focus focus issues her phone is now she's in seventh uh, locked in our safe because we feel it's not good for her brain to be so distracted by not just life and cl- the classroom and other students and social media and gossip and arguments and popularity and clothes and which shoes you're wearing but also uh, we wanted her to um, you know be able to have one less uh, you know uh, interference in her learning and the phone I think is one of the biggest uh, uh, barriers uh, to education for many children right now so hers is locked in a safe and then my fifth grader is I think only two kids in her class of approximately 30 do not have phones and she's one of them so she'll normally text me on like a friend's phone or call me and there's still the you know landline in the office and then my son in eighth grade he's the only one really that quote unquote has a phone but he leaves it in his locker uh, during uh, classes and he can check for messages from me or communicate with me in the breaks in between classes if he needs to tell me something which is actually fairly frequent that he says like right reminder I have a game or blah 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 okay so um, two things um, what made me bring this up there's a teacher that um, takes the phones like walks around and she has a plastic bag and she gets the kids to you know load them all up and some of my son's teachers do the same thing and they have like a it's kind of like a shoe carrier some of them on the back of the door the classroom door and then the kids are asked to put the phones in there or uh, they're allowed to keep them but if they become an interference they're asked to put them in there and it's interesting because there's not a across the board um, like you can't have a phone in class uh, kind of rule um, it's each teacher decides on their own and uh, I think what bothered me um, most recently was watching this documentary on Netflix and then I want your all your opinions on this it's a documentary on Netflix and it's called last chance you and I know it's been going on for a while now but um, I hadn't seen it and it's about football players and you're like why is Angie watching that I'm fascinated by the underdog that people that um, maybe have made mistakes um, have another chance and I feel that as a Christian that's what Jesus gives us that he wipes the slate clean he's a God of second chances mm-hmm, that we're forgiven and set free and so these young men uh, many of them have come from division one high-end schools they're really spectacular athletes that could potentially play in the NFL and what happens with these uh, boys with these young men is that many of them have either gotten in trouble with academics so their grades are bad or with the law or just disrespectful to their um, to their coaches um, or you know maybe it was an arrest you know that's the worst case scenario I guess so they're kicked out of they're suspended they're kicked out of their school basically and they lose their scholarship and then they come to one of these JUCO schools these junior colleges and um, 
the, this particular junior college is in uh, Kansas, and the, univer uh, the junior college is called Independence because I was watching season three. Okay, so here's what I saw that really bothered me. A lot of these kids are barely getting by by the skin of their teeth for their education. And the sad part ab about this to me was there were several kids, it makes me want to cry even telling you, several kids that they gave their background in their homes. Um, both, well, one kid, his father he'd never met, his mom had done five years in prison, and his grandmother was raising him. He was very attached to her. And here he is, you know, maybe 19 years old. And his ability to speak was so handicapped by his lack of education and his surroundings and I could barely understand him when he spoke because it was so low and the teacher asked for him to say three nice things about himself and he could not think of three at the beginning and this particular English teacher really took him under her wing it was so touching and at the end he was reading an essay that he'd written about his life and how he'd never met his father and you know what happened with his family and I was so impressed and at the end he you know saved it and he said I wrote that all by myself and I just was oh, touched that he's starting so far behind because he could barely read and he was not good at speaking. And, uh, you know, here he's trying to catch up in college. But here's what I saw that really bothered me. As these teachers are telling the kids, look, if you don't do this, I can't pull you through. If you don't make the effort to be here on time, if you skip classes, if you're not turning in your assignments, I can't do it for you. Half of the class, these boys were actually, while the teacher, the professor's talking, staring at their phones. And I thought, well, maybe they're looking at notes. Maybe they are taking notes. No, I think some of them were texting. And he said, and for those of you looking at your phones, you're probably going to be the ones that are left behind. And I thought, where on earth are you allowed when a teacher is teaching and talking to stare at your phone, not just for a second, but for like five and ten minutes at a time to just sit there in class looking at your phone? I was appalled. And I thought, this is going to handicap our children, not just in their ability to communicate with each other, but in their ability to learn. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I feel like we're, as a society, handicapping our children, even the parents raising the children, because we don't... We don't uh, take the time to have time with one another and be present, you know, and I just feel like um, there's so many things like even discipline. They don't, you know, I feel like we are just handing them off to society and say, good luck. And yeah, there you go. And yeah. disciplining makes you unpopular. I always tell my kids, being a good mom doesn't make me popular. And that a lot of people want to be popular with their kids. Oh, yeah, they want good, to be their best friend. If you're and... a disciplinarian, if you're good with making sure your kids have boundaries, and if you do A, then B will happen to you. Right. And in my house, B happens to you. Like, if you do such and such, and I say that you're going to get in trouble, then you will get that trouble yep. that I told you you would get. Absolutely. Because th these wimpy parents that want to be popular, they're raising jerks. Right. Go and ahead, I used Mich to, I, I, sorry, yeah. I used okay. to say to... Um, my kids, she you has know, four I'm, kids, by the way, so. I'm not your friend. I'm your mom. Later in life, we can be friends, but not right now. It's not your job to be a friend no, at um, that time. God entrusted me to take care of That's them right. and and raise them well. It's our responsibility. It is, mm -hmm. and I, they're not my friend at that time, but you know, they're all now older. Albert Schweitzer <laughs> once said, "Example is not." the main thing in influencing. Uh, no, no, example is not the only thing in influencing others. It's 
the main thing. No, it's not the main thing it's, influencing others. It's the only it's thing. It's the only thing. Yes. I switched it around, yes, switched didn't it I? Around, Thank yeah. you, honey. But my point <laughs> example, is the only that, thing that they're watching. Example. They're learning by watching blue in the you. face. But if you smoke cigarettes and tell them not to That's smoke. That's right. Guess what they're going to do. Yeah, exactly. Angie, what do we do with exactly. our children now? They're three and they're four and we're handing them an iPad and a phone and saying, here. So well, we're already teaching them at three years old to use a phone. They want, they know and, how and to that, do a phone more and that we're, and and that they're and we're not allowing them to, enough to us for us to right. spend time with them. We give them the phone so we, we don't have to spend time but with them. Find me most parents out there, especially our younger pe- parents or millennials that are not handing a phone and an I, iPad actually, to our child. I know there's a lot, I but, know there's but, there, a lot, but, but there's, there's a learning curve all. to that. Yeah. But, but you have to look at both ways. I think there's a chance for the child to learn. There's a chance for you to be involved and there's a chance and you should discipline by taking it away. But you also give them to, to learn. So where do we draw that line, I guess, would be my yes. question, too. It's there what is you a do. It's how parent. you handle it. And Yeah, I'm sad to hear the and other stories. it's a stories. tap dance. It takes a lot of, you have to sure be on does. your toes. Because right. like, I shut off my son's apps. Like, if he is having a bad semester, which actually he's only had one. But this apps go off. That means the phone can only be used for calling and texting. Right. It cannot be used for any other thing. Right. And uh, so... I think you have to be very diligent. Go ahead, Rachel. Well, I was just going to say, I don't have kids, but I can see myself. I've become addicted to the phone, and I work from home. I work, it's all um, online stuff that I do, and I'm addicted to looking at my phone. And actually, the Facebook and all these, and Instagram, they create the apps to be an addiction. That's the whole yeah, purpose. That's why you. you have those, yeah, notifications. You always look and look and look. And so just taking a look inward I'm concerned with myself even. Oh, you absolutely. know, when you don't have the phone or the computer around, I just sit there and be like, what am I, gonna, what am I doing? Because mm-hmm. you're so used to the stimuli constantly, constantly. So it's interesting as I, I think about when I was a kid, not having these, these things around all the time, you know, and just how I am yeah. now. Yeah. But it's let's look at our society. You talked about the teachers and children having phones. We've brought that to our world with all the people coming in and shooting our children in the schools and creating an environment that's unsafe or scary. So now we're also allowing a safety net with the phone. So we can look at it two ways. Like you asked, but some teacher, teachers allow the phone, some don't. Some, I think, allow it just to be safe. Yeah. As do you think that's a possibility? My son-in-law teaches uh, at a high school here in town. And um, the whole I asked him a long time ago about what he does for those. And... He lets the kids keep the phone, but I will also tell you, and I've observed him, he's respected. He's very much respected by his students, and they know that if they misuse that phone, he takes it. He takes it. He has permission from the parents right up at the beginning of the semester to do that. But uh, so much of our kids, um, what they see in whoever it is that they're living with, if they respect them, they're gonna they're gonna yes, they meet will. that bar. They're right. gonna meet that bar. And just as Dobson has said, you know, there's a big difference between punishment and discipline. You discipline out of love. God disciplines us, expects us to do That's expects right. us to do that. You don't punish. Punish is out of vengeance and revenge. But it's done with always a sense of love. And when I deal with a um, a very hard kid. I'm on eye level with that kid, whether it's mm-hmm. a senior in high school or a kindergartner, and my my statement to him or her is, "Hey, you know what, honey? I just love you to pieces. I like you. We've be, we. I just am so proud of whatever I can name something that he's done, but I'm not 
not liking what I see you doing right now. Right. And I love you too much to let you go on. And that's what we do as parents. I love you too much to not say no. Yeah. Firm but the, loving. I like that. I like, that's right. I like Firm that. Firm but loving. I love that. I love you too much to, um, to, to, not, to, say, to not yeah. say something. Yeah. Everything is done with love. Absolutely. Everything is done with love. And it has to be up front. But that kid is like an animal. They know if you mean it. <laughs> they are. Right. They know if you mean it. And if you don't mean it, you don't have to say a word. They know that you don't. And that's true for they're judging teachers too. Well, and I think some of our ultimate pride. I'm going to get to our new uh, good news story, and then we can talk more after. I think you know the ultimate pride for a parent comes you know when there's success in your child's life, in particular academically, and you get to see them graduate, etc. And it just you know tears my heart out when parents aren't around for some of these big milestones. Uh, and we all know that with parental involvement, a child does so much better, and that's why I felt for so many of those kids in that sure. uh, last chance university That's why you show. continue to have a popcorn prayer every time you see one of those kids that you're pretty darn sure there's not a good mentor in them. God, please place somebody in their lives. You know, place somebody that that will take care, that will demonstrate to them what your love is. And you may know someone that needs that extra sure. love and care. Uh, a kid who maybe has lost a parent or, you know, whatever the circumstances, you usually know when one of the kids in your uh, your child's friend circle has some extra needs. It's pretty evident, I think, pretty quickly because there's so much interaction that, like, I have with the parents for pickups and this, that, and the other uh, that you get to know them. So in this particular good news story, um, one of my favorite reporters from CBS, Steve Hartman, uh, this is involving um, a son and a father and their bond and the fact that the father may not be there for a big graduation event. So let's take a listen. Here's something to think about. If you had one dying wish, what would it be? Steve Hartman met a man who knew exactly what he wanted. And here's tonight's On the Road. 49-year-old John Rains is living on borrowed time. He has terminal brain cancer. And doctors told him a year and a half ago <clears throat> that he had about a year to live. What keeps you going? Blake. He was five months premature when he was born. They didn't know if he was going to even breathe. He's been special his whole life. John's only son, Blake, goes to Billings West High School in Billings, Montana. He's a senior, which is why John wanted to make it to May, at least. So I can see my kid graduate. What parent doesn't want to see it? That's a huge milestone in a kid's life. Pam Rudolph, Blake's mom and John's ex-wife, says there was no guarantee he'd live that long. Yeah, I, that's when I realized we have to do something. What Pam did was reach out to the principal at Billings West to arrange a surprise for her ex-husband. She made up an excuse to lure him to the school and into the auditorium. He didn't have any idea the band would be playing, and this was really happening just for him and for Blake. It was a graduation of one, staged for this audience of one. I started thinking about everything, how much time I had, what I could do. I'm just going to spend as much time with them as I can. Blake will still have to finish out the school year, but the milestone has now been marked. The memory sealed. When I got my diploma and I went down and hugged him, just felt so good. It's probably the best hug he's ever given me. Best day of my life. How can the best day of your life be when you're dying? 
People will make you happy. The power of a kind deed. Real happy. Can overcome <laughs> even the worst of fates. My ex-wife coming through like that. And John says that's the lesson in this moment, that we're all terminal. We just need to treat each other like we know it. Oh, I love that. The power of a kind deed. I'm and totally crying over on this side. I know, I, know, I, know. I saw <laughs> that um, when it was on the, I saw it on TV, and yeah. I love what the kid said, because I think it sums up the whole thing. I decided I would spend as much time as I could with him. And there's the key. I mean, right. Jefferson County, years and years ago, asked um, graduating seniors if they could change one thing, what would it be? And overwhelmingly, and I do not remember the percentage, but it was a high percentage, the students wrote, time with my parents. Time. And that's, that's so true because yeah. in this busy society, we don't take time for the kids. We've talked about that. Right. I did an interview with one of the focus on the family guys years mm -hmm. ago, and he said uh, the biggest problem in families in our society right now, in his opinion, was busyness. It is. He said that you addiction. just aren't taking the time, you know, and the busyness, whether it's the phone, you know, work, devices, outside things. One thing that I have to, uh, you know, give my husband a you know, pat on the back for, <clears throat> even though he works really long hours, every second that he's not at work, he's with us. Mm -hmm. So he's... Um, at every practice that he can make in every single game all weekend long. There's, you know, no going out with his buddies. There's no golf. There's no having a beer. It's um, games and time with our kids. And we have dinner together almost every night. Um, the kids have breakfast with me and my mom in the morning. And uh, then we have um, breakfast all together on the weekends. My husband cooks it, or now my 10-year-old, she's the new chef in the family, cooks <laughs> it. And then um, we, so we have two meals together on the weekend, if not three and then um, two during the week, you know, with at least me and grandma. If and it's good not for you. And, and people, all of us listening to that are thinking, oh, my gosh, I wish I could do that. It's an effort. I'm sure that doesn't come easy for you all to do that. It's an effort to do it, but worth every single moment. Every well, moment. And I might have to feed them like right after school, yeah. right? Right. And then so I'll kind of do like a split dinner. So they'll kind of have a dinner type sure. meal then after school. And then um, I'll have the main family dinner. And if they don't get back from sports until 9, then we'll all sit down together at 9. And if someone's kind of already eaten, then maybe they'll just have a banana and some milk. And then other people will eat the full meal, but we're all together. I would bet also you don't have phones at the table. No, we don't Good. do phones at the table. Good. No. Uh, in fact, my son tried Smart to go off move. and go into the dining room the other day. He said, I'm going to eat out here. And my husband said, no, you're not. You're eating here with us, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because right. he wanted to go look at his phone. Have you been to restaurants and you've looked around and you've seen groups yes. of four and they're not talking to each other? Maybe they're texting each other. I don't know. Yeah, but they're weird, looking at the it? phone. Yeah. Now, I think you should put your phone away when you're out to dinner uh, yeah. with your family. Um, with my son just went back to, to ASU, but we made sure to go to an escape room and we went bowling. I've done that before, the escape that. room. Yeah. So um, we made sure to do family things, knowing that Danny would be back at school, and as many times as we could do a family function, dinner, um, New Year's Eve at the house, Christmas. You know, we we did all of it as a family. I love and that. trust me, I could say I'm busy, and I put everything aside. My work went aside for three weeks so I could do these family moments. Love it. I love it. You better make sacrifices to put them first. And a family can be a single parent doing it with the kids. Yes. It can be just yes. two. Just Absolutely. Two. Yeah. It can Amen. be just two. can be the family. No sacrifice, Angie. Just love. Yes. AngieAustin.org if you want to reach out to any of my guests. AngieAustin.org. We'll be right back with the good news.
Good News of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Angie, looking for some fun for the family? Well, you know I go to YMCA of the Rockies. Snow Mountain Ranch has a location, and Estes Park has a location. So right now, let's talk about the Nordic Center at Snow Mountain Ranch. You can get a lodge room for around $100 with two free breakfasts, and then the majority of the activities that you do on site, like the swimming and the roller skating, they're free. And they have a lot of fun classes, and they've got dodgeball. But the Nordic Center is something really cool. It's 120 kilometers of world-class terrain for Nordic skiing, snowshoeing, and in the summer you can fat bike as well. And so you can get involved in races, you can take classes, you can rent your equipment there, and it's such a bargain. Again, you stay there for $100, and then if you want to cross-country ski or do a lot of the other activities, many of the activities do not cost any extra money. And the rock climbing, we did that, it was just a few dollars, but the majority of the activities are included. If you want information on this, my kids love going there, ymcarockies.org, ymcarockies.org. Welcome back to the Angie and Mike Show. Angie, it's a parenting question time. I know I have a question for you about parenting, and you always find the coolest parenting stories. And uh, so do you mind if we delve into that area? Yes, I love parenting and parenting questions, as I'm an expert in this area of parenting. <laughs> yes, you are. You are tested on many levels every day. Parenting and parenting your parent. Which is oh, all yes, parenting my mom, who's like having a teenager in the basement. Yes, the teen in the basement. That should be the title of that chapter, mm -hmm. the year old teen in the basement. Anyway, this story's out of the U.K., and uh, I saw it, and it just said, I feel bad for this child. It's about an 8-year-old child who happens to be an Internet sensation, who happens to be uh, one of these Instagram people has over a quarter of a million Instagram followers, mostly because the kid, the boy, Farouk James, has long hair. And mom has been grooming this uh, internet following for years. When the kid was just two, she tried to keep his hair long uh, and, and let it grow. And she started arguing about haircuts for boys in schools. Well, now, the mother of this young child, who is a male model, is saying that she wants to declare her child um, non-binary in the gender area, meaning he's not a boy or a girl, in order to prevent the school rules from forcing her to cut his hair. Okay, um, I'm looking at his page right now. We're not just talking long hair, but it's long hair, and he's uh, biracial, it is the coolest hair I've ever seen because it's real curly, it's real long, it's really full, and when he, like, blows it out, it must come to, like, his rear end. I mean, it is really a beautiful head of hair. First of all, let me go on record to say I don't think he should be forced to cut his hair. This is his thing. This is how she's groomed him to have this social media following, which probably makes the family money because these influencers make a lot of dough, and he's up to about 270,000 followers on his Instagram, at least, on his Insta. So I don't think he should have to cut his hair. But if she's calling him non-binary just to keep his hair long and, like, giving him a label at the age of, what did you say, eight? Yeah, he's eight years old. Okay. 
giving him the label of non-binary at the age of eight when this maybe isn't a non-binary kid. Do you really give your kid a label to try to get through the loophole of schools asking him to have shorter hair? Could he just put this thing on like a bun on top of his head? Is there a compromise of some sort? If this really is a moneymaker for him, the hairdo, then he may just have to switch schools. But do you come up with a label that may be a fake label for him in order to bypass the rules of the school? Well, I think his mom, Bonnie, is doing a lot of this to draw attention to the rules about hair length. Okay. And you know, this, this takes me back to my childhood when in high school, if your hair touched your ears, the priests or the nuns would come around and go, somebody needs a haircut, Mr. Hippie. And, you know, God forbid it touched your collar in the back. <laughs> you, were, you were considered to be a real rebel. We had a guy in high school named Scott Lindy who had very long hair, had a ponytail when he came back from summer, and he used to wear his hair up, and he had a wig that was short hair, and nobody knew about it till the end of the semester when he ripped his wig off in Latin class and said, hey, everybody, look at my hair. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. But, you know, we're now 40 years after that, and we still have these rules. I, I think you've hit on the important thing here. To put this label on this kid uh, just in order to get around the rules is a dangerous thing. It's teaching kids that you can't change rules, but you can find loopholes. And, and it you also, can lie, possibly. Yeah, and it, exactly. It, it harkens back to a story I mentioned briefly yesterday about the 45-year-old man who is a sex offender who told the judge he can't be tried as a sex offender because he identifies as an eight-year-old girl. Oh, dear Lord. Well, to give the kid this non-binary uh, label, if he's not, right? And I don't know if you know when they're eight. So if you look up non-binary, it says, or genderqueer is a spectrum of gender identities that are not exclusively masculine or feminine, identities that are outside the gender. Genderqueer might be a label that he is like, um, labeled with for the rest of his life. Is that fair to an eight-year-old that when he's Googled when he's 21, it comes up that he's genderqueer, non-binary, and not exclusively masculine? What if he's like the most masculine kid ever? Like, I don't think that potentially lying, if he isn't non-binary, is the way to bypass this. I do think her bringing attention to this hair thing is a good thing because, I, you know, my brothers had hippie hair in the 70s. And uh, they got made fun of in the neighborhood, like some of the neighbors would be like, you know, those hippie kids down the street, blah, blah, blah. And it was probably shoulder length, I think, my brother's hair, uh, both, two of my brothers. Anyway, um, I think in this day and age, if a kid, boy wants to have long hair, a lot of kids that are very straight have lo long hair, too. It, it's not indicative of their sexuality anymore. It's a style. And I really don't care if their hair is long. I don't think it's distracting. My son's got a, a friend with really long hair. And um, he's in all kinds of athletics. He's an honor student. It's just the, uh, like a, a trend. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I, you know, we, like I said, the long hair thing, we got the hippie thing too. My Uncle Bill, who was a Marine, used to look at our hair when I touched our collar. He'd go, oh, look at you. Jesus, I didn't recognize you without your sandals. Where are the apostles? <laughs> that is hilarious. But this, so I think you've nailed this and you've got this one right. What's your other parenting? Okay, issue? my other parenting one involves uh, a man who is using his son as a human shield. And uh, this is out of Pennsylvania. 
What? There's no way. Somebody used a kid as a human shield? Yes. And as a sidebar, I only have seen one person do this. We had a very famous uh, 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 sportsman when I worked at KNBC, uh, NBC4 LA in Los Angeles. And we were all walking outside and a car backfired really loud and it sounded like a gunshot. And he grabbed one of the female interns and put her in front of him. And I never thought of him the same again. I'm like, really, bro? That is so cowardly. And so, like, that was his first instinct to grab someone, this little 20-year-old female intern, and place it in front of him. I'm like, oh, man, that is bad. So in this case, uh, police were going to take this guy in custody uh, with the aid of a stun gun. And then he grabbed his 11-year-old son and used him as a human shield in an attempt to prevent these officers from shocking him. Now, the state troopers uh, arrived at Cambria County with an arrest warrant for Daniel Taylor, 35, and he was not prepared to surrender. I like that wording, not prepared to surrender. He was found hiding in the attic, and he refused commands to surrender, and they had the the taser out, the stun gun, and he grabbed his 11-year-old kid who was crying and frightened, hysterical, and held him in front of him to prevent the taser from being deployed. Then officers went in and tried to pull the boy away from the dad. So the kid's screaming and crying, and, you know, the father will not let him go. Like thinking, oh, my kid's hysterical. I should let him go. But no, I don't want to be tased, so let my kid, you know, be the human shield. So he struggled with them, continued to hold his son in place, ignoring police commands to release the child. And uh, the device apparently was accidentally deployed against a state trooper as they were struggling. And the second attempt to use the stun gun did not hit a state trooper. Um, Apparently, it did indeed hit him. And uh, he was charged with multiple crimes, aggravated assault, endangering the welfare of a minor. Both are felonies. And and the biggest felony, I think, is that he is the worst father of the year. He's a dirtbag father. Oh, wow. Can you imagine, you know, we talked about the last kid, the eight-year-old whose mother wants to label him non-binary in order to prevent a haircut. Can you imagine this kid going forward? Because, you know, the video of the body cams from the cops is going to be online somewhere. And his buddies are saying, hey, I saw your dad on the news today. Nice guy, classy dad, human shield. Uh, You use your kid as a human shield. Are you kidding me? I mean, I have a 10 and a 12-year-old. The 10-year-old's almost 11. She weighs 50 pounds, and she's like four foot something or other. I mean, she's a tiny person. So an 11-year-old kid is not that big, first of all. And they're very childlike still at that age. She's probably still in elementary school, like a fifth grader. And that, that's, a, that's traumatizing. He will never forget every moment of that interaction will be forever stamped in his brain. He'll remember what his dad was wearing, what he was wearing, what the cops said. I mean, that whole incident is now concreted in his little brain. Yeah, I can't even imagine. You got to feel bad for that kid. And and then let's hope that uh, they can give him some kind of help and uh, some kind of counseling to make sure that it doesn't doesn't stick with him for the rest of his life. We but you're right. yeah, it comes back. That stuff you, you remember. You're like, oh, I remember that. When you just pray that he has a decent mom. Like when my dad was absent out of my life for 35 years, you know, even though my mom is like, I'm like the mom and she's like the kid. Um, you know, as a kid, she was a very loving soul. And, you know, if I wanted lemon meringue pie, she'd run to the store and get everything for lemon meringue pie. If I wanted, you know, something really yummy to eat. I mean, we lived in low-income housing. We didn't have much, but she was very loving. And so I feel like that was maybe the part of the difference for me 
you know, that I did have someone, even though I was the one that said, hey, the light bill's late or we got to pay the phone bill or, you know, I worked full time while I went to school. But still, she was loving and kids need to be loved and to know that someone unconditionally loves them. And he's certainly not getting that from dad. Hi, friend, it's Angie. You know, to keep the good news on the air, we need people who support us, who support the show and who enjoy, you know, good news. And so from time to time, we run sponsored or paid interviews. And we sure do appreciate it when you support the people who support us here on The Good News. You'll hear wonderful sponsors from time to time and paid interviews as well. And I'd like to play one of those paid interviews for you right now. And again, thank you for supporting those who support us here on The Good News. Enjoy. Hey, 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 this is The Good News team, and I am Rachel Maines, and... Who I got sitting next to me. Good morning, good <laughs> afternoon, good evening, whatever you're listening, right? This is Jennifer Bishop. How are you today, Rachel? Good. I'm doing well. Life is life is good. Oh, God is good. Life is good. I just, I feel so blessed. I um, wanted to talk today about the amazing YMCA of the Rockies. Oh, yeah. I've had the opportunity to, to go with or accompany with Angie's friend or Angie's family several times and we had the best time we like we did um I remember early on my favorite was the school the painting we would paint little uh, ceramics and have them fun done in the kiln but this last time I went we did the zip line and I would just remember sweet, her sweet, sweet daughter, Hope, she grabbed my hand. And she's like, I want to be your partner, Jennifer. Aww. I want to be your partner. And we did roller skating. And, and that's the thing about YMCA of the Rockies. You get to be a kid again. And I who doesn't it. want to be a kid, man? Right. I don't care how old you are. I know. All that stuff's fun. Zipline, roller skating. Love it. <gasps> yeah. I, I, it was kind of scary because I hadn't been on roller skates. You know, I, I'll disclose my age, 52. I remember back in the sixth grade, it brought back all these memories of Roller City in Colorado. <laughs> I know. That's what I used to do. As, as you did, too? We thought we were so cool. Oh, roller skating. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. You uh -huh. guys want to hear something funny? Yes. I, I grew up here in Colorado, but I grew up in the mountains. <gasps> so when I moved to the city, uh, everybody knew how to roller skate, and they were going, we're going to All roller the cool city. kids. And, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't so cool. I actually, like, like, oh, no, please, 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 no. I was, like, the <laughs> only kid that could not roller skate. Oh, well, I'm sure well, I can ride. I can horseback ride well, and barrel cool. race, so. I think I'll, that's cooler than roller skating. I actually Tracy. would say I, I agree. Do they have a uh, horseback riding at the YMCA? They do. Wow. So many programs that we, I, you know, quite honestly, I don't know about. I've never taken advantage of the YMCA. Oh, it's amazing. We should go, Rachel. There's a stargazing. We, uh, Angie and the kids and I went on the stargazing trip, and they told us to bring um, peppermint um hard candies those peppermint hard candies and what i learned is that you if you bite into them at night it like pop like it it sparks and i'm like wow this is so what? cool yes so if you bite into a peppermint hard candy yeah. while you're watching the stars yes the stars well i don't think that watching the stars but at, oh, okay. at night in the Was dark it a pop in the dark okay no it. not pop rock <laughs> i'll look at like, like i'll figure it out it's like the little round white so they spark in your mouth yes and you can see it and so all the way home we're like or all the way back i mean it was a several mile hike and all the kids were great we took turns like who we were sitting you know walking with and it was just it was a great experience and then they also have 
uh, on Sundays they have church and I was up there for Angie's daughter's baptism. And I, I just, I'm telling you that it is the neatest place. I, I, it just brings back great memories. It's great for family reunions. Yeah. Great for kids. If you have a family, you're like, yes. what do we do if the kids are <gasps> bored? Hey, yes. YMCA, let's check it out. Summer, winter, they have snowshoeing, you name it. They have it. I love it. Well, that's great. And then, Jennifer, let our listeners know what you do. Mm, um, you have a lot of fun things going on. Oh, I do. I'm so blessed. So my, my I, I have a health and wellness business and a breakthrough technology that I totally believe in, and um, it's on the natural side. And so my, my goal is to educate people on what we can do to have our healthiest bodies. But kind of like a side note to that, because I have a large team, I've been recently um, able to become certified in, as a mindset coach. And so that's cool. been super fun too. Yeah. And not just for people in my team, but other people. Yeah. So that's been great. And how can our listeners get in touch with you? They're like, ooh, ooh cool. Ooh, Minds, mindset, you know, mindset. Mindset. Yeah. Mindset. And not woo-woo mindset. <clears throat> like not real, new age mindset, you know, like you love the real, Lord. It's super real established. mindset. Yeah. Like what works, right? It is at le- uh, www.livingyourpotential.com. Awesome. Awesome. All and right. Rachel. Yeah. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to The Good News. If you like The Good News program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Hey, everybody, it's Eric with your five minutes of encouragement. Thanks for tuning in. You know, uh, we are in days and ages of uncertainty in many ways. You know, we think about how many things are going on in the world today. What We could talk about Iran. We could talk about, uh, you know, just your own situation at home. And today I want to talk to you about a friend of mine who is dealing with some, uh, some, some anxiety, some stress, she actually have two friends out in uh, Puerto Rico, and uh, you may have heard that there was a, a series of earthquakes in Puerto Rico, and the one that hit on, uh, what was it, Tuesday morning, uh, boy howdy, was, uh, you know, it wasn't huge. I mean, I grew up in California, and, and 
what Puerto Rico is dealing with is not massive earthquakes, but what they are also dealing with is an infrastructure that is on pins and needles because of the uh, the Hurricane Maria that came through uh, recently and you know knocked out their entire infrastructure uh, and they're still rebuilding. I think it's been a couple of years now and, and they're they're still rebuilding to uh, to to get back. And so when the earthquake hit uh, on Tuesday and had a um, kind of a, a pretty traumatic effect on my friends, not just because the ground is shaking. I don't know if you've ever been in an earthquake here in Colorado. We don't, we don't deal with that all that often. But, uh, you know, the earth shaking is, is, induces stress, if you will. But moreover, uh, one of the main power grids was uh, destroyed or, or damaged heavily because, um, because of the earthquake. And the reason I share all of this with you is because I just got off the phone as I was coming into the studio today with one of my friends. And earlier in the morning, I talked to the other one of my friends who are out there. Both are single women who uh, they have family out there, thank the Lord, but they don't have uh, any real major resources to deal with these things. One of my friends has a son who lives nearby her uh, however, he is on his honeymoon today, and so he's not available to uh, to help out. And I could sense in the the language that they were using that they've got a significant amount of of stress or or fear. And so I wanted to share with you a couple of verses that in in my world uh, and and maybe in yours as well might make all the difference in the world for you. The first of those verses is 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 7. It's 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. And when you, uh, when you think about this story, okay, this is, uh, well, it's, it's a short verse. It says, cast all your anxiety. Some translations use the word fear. Cast all your anxiety on him, Christ, because he cares for you right? Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, this is one of those things that, that if it's, it, sometimes it's too simple to, uh, to, to, to process. So I want you to stop and think about that again. It's worth repeating. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God cares for you. The one who spoke into uh, existence, everything that was ever created he cares for you. He knows you. He knows the number of your hairs on your head. He knows what you're going through. He feels what you feel. And I think that's an important uh, element. He cares for you. Here's the second verse that I want to share with you, and it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and 27. And it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And there it is. Matthew has this really blunt way of putting things together, and he says, here it is. This is the thing. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't worry. Because God's got it. He takes care of the birds. He takes care of everything. And today, my friend, it's my joy to be able to tell you that he's going to take care of you. 
He's going to take care of you. Whatever your stress is that you're dealing with today, turn it over to him. Cast all of it on him because he cares for you. I do too. And this is your five minutes of encouragement with Eric Raymond on the Good News with Angie Austin. Thanks for listening to the Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.